I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. And I felt like as soon as I shut myself off from comparing myself to others and and not thinking big enough, that's when I really started to take steps and start taking action. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we continue the conversation with young property investor Arjun Palewal. We'll be delving into what mindset he asserts is needed to be successful in the world of investing, how you can make the most of your portfolio investment and his exciting business plans for the future. As a young entrepreneur in the making and with multiple investment properties up his sleeve, Palewell discusses whether or not there was anything that initially held him back. There was two things that come to mind. One of it was not thinking big enough. I think um, that not thinking big enough can really um, hold you back and it makes you feel that you know this is your limit on what you can achieve or this is your limit on, on what you can attain. And that sort of stemmed through to the second part which was comparing yourself to others. I felt at an earlier stage, um, it's very easy as well in, in, in corporate careers or, or banking careers where you've got so many peers who've you know come from different backgrounds, different experiences in life, and um, you start to compare yourself in terms of your growth, whether it be at work or growth personally. And I felt like as soon as I shut myself off from comparing myself to others and, and not thinking big enough, that's when I really started to take steps and start taking action. He goes to show how changing his mindset and continuing to think positively really helped him kickstart his property investing journey. I think for me, there was um, how do I look back and, and just continue to think that did I achieve one thing better or did I make an improvement than, compared to what I was yesterday? And I think that constant reflection, sometimes I would reflect daily, weekly, you know, every other day just to think about what did I do today or what did I do in this week that was better than the last or better than the week before, better than me two years ago. So I felt that was um, very, very important for me to start stop the comparing to others and just compare to me yesterday. Yeah, so run your own race really and then just being accountable exactly. to your own changes to move forward. And if you combine that with the um, elimination of not thinking big enough, it's like 
you can do whatever you want because you've removed that fear of you know thinking not thinking big enough, and then you don't compare to others. So it's just a matter of self improvement with no finish line. But successes didn't come from a change in mindset. It also came with the help of a few accidental mentors. I think um you know there were three people that come to mind that I felt played a huge uh, huge part in my conditioning of my mindset, and um, those three people were you know one one my wife. Uh, then, then at that time, my my girlfriend and she sort of really helped me implement the, you know, removal of not thinking big enough. Every time I came home, had a conversation with her, uh, it just felt like she was soaking it in, taking it in, and and helping me not have any walls in front. So that is something that I found was really important, and and I, I had the same for someone who was at work. So I had my manager at the time for for a large portion of my roles actually. Um, her name's Fiona, and and she actually was fantastic in in the work sense of not making me feel like I had any limits. So I think um, with those two, and then the last person was that was a customer of mine. Her name was Kim. She was a, a success coach, and we actually crossed paths just from looking after her banking. Um, and, and she again, it just came back to no limits. So when I think of these three people, they never made me feel at any time like I had a wall in front of me or a limit or or compared me to someone else. And it just came back to, again, the, how, how far you can think ahead and not comparing yourself to others. And these three people were not, I guess, mentors that I seeked out. They were accidental mentors or just conversations or, or you know, having them as your manager or running into them as a customer. Um, it just happened and it, and it really supported me throughout my journey. Fortunate to come across these supportive people in his life Palawal also found that online sources provide the right advice in regards to shaping a mindset that could serve him. I feel like books is their thing or some podcast. For me, it's been a bit different. For me, it's been uh, YouTube. Just the amount of sources online and the amount of inspiration that's online has is just uncanny. Like It's just a never-ending vault of um, positivity and influence that you can get to sort of move you in the right direction. The speaker I would recommend that played a big part in terms of my mindset change. Um, one was uh, Evan, Evan Carmichael. So Evan Carmichael has a page and I think it's called, um, after after recall what the page is, I think it's called Goalcast. But basically, uh, Evan Carmichael has these top 10 things or um, top 20 things of successful people all around the world. And definitely one person I would suggest in terms of your daily dose of inspiration. There's videos for three minutes, videos for 30 minutes. And I think whether you're on the go or at home, those were my uh, definite recommendations. It was from these daily doses of inspiration that Palawal also gained a better understanding of the importance of positive thinking in relation to building a portfolio. So um, YouTube, I guess for me, there have been overseas investors that have popped into into mind from when it comes to property. You know, the classic Robert Kiyosaki or Grant Cardone, um, people who've amassed significant portfolios. Um, but for them, rather than just a portfolio metric and understanding, I think, again, their mindset is um, a big part to their success. And those are sort of the things that I sort of try and take away on YouTube and watching videos. And I just find them easier to take in when you're hearing real stories, you're watching videos, you're engaged. Um, and that's probably why I've never sort of been a book person. <laughs> but I think I digest as much in videos as, as most people would reading books. But who or what piece of advice really pushed and encouraged Palawal to get to where he is today? 
The best advice I've ever received. Ooh, it's, a, it's a tough one. There's so much that's helped me out. I would actually say, rather than um, me receiving it, I, again, coming back to another YouTube that I, a YouTube video that I saw, uh, someone by the name of Grant Cardone. So uh, significant success in, in sales, real estate in, in the US. And one thing that sticks to me all the time is success is two parts mental, one part mechanical. So I felt that that really resonates with me about you know, getting your mindset right now and thinking big enough for the future, then figuring out the mechanically, you know, the things that you need to do to get there. So I felt that though that bit of advice was probably the best one that I can think of at the moment. With this piece of advice in mind, Palawal explains what personal habits has contributed to his success and how implementing this strategy into your own life could allow you to excel. This personal habit, uh, my wife's not a fan of it, but I somehow involve her all the time in this one. So basically, um, <laughs> what I do is I literally break everything down to numbers, and I and I'm talking absolutely everything, whether it's um, a house to buy or a car to buy, um, or, or income from from you know work, or whether it's a future goal, the house where we want to rent, or, or anything it may be, just even buying certain things. I literally every minute, every day, I'm asking her, "Hey, baby, can you get up the calculator for a minute?" And as soon as I say that, she goes, oh, here we go again. So I'm spitting some stuff for her to you know, input or, or, um, or I input myself. And then we go, hey, hold on a minute. That, that means we could do this in X years or X months. Or if we improve that or reduce that, we could achieve that or we could do that for our family. Um, or our parents would love it if we bought them this. If we broke it down to this, it equals that. So I find that literally every day my, my little habit that I find that contributes to my success is breaking everything down to numbers. And again, if you top it off with it's there's nothing that's, you know, big enough to, um, you know, there's nothing that you can limit yourself from a mindset and you're not comparing yourself to others. I find that breaking down numbers is a massive personal habit of mine that contributed to it. And I think if you um, use that habit to then make changes, that's when you can really start seeing some results. I mean, when you start breaking things down to numbers, you have an ability then to go, can, is there something I can cut back on? Or is there something I can do to earn more? Or is there something I can do to fast track it? So that's when ideas start to come up when you bring that reality perspective to it. Building his portfolio with numerous residential properties to begin with, Palowell gives his reasons for deciding to move into commercial investments. It came back down to... Um, cash flow and uh, thinking that you know positive cash flow was the main aim with growth being a plus so i found that you know diversifying between assets that could provide me a cash flow from day one and then some assets that i found that you know are affordable price points to enter but were more focused on the growth aspects of it i think the portfolio and my portfolio in particular needed a balance of the two because when you go heavy growth one avenue, you find that you may construct yourself, uh, constrict yourself of cash flow and it may be difficult to lend more from the bank. And then if you go the opposite direction, you find if you're targeting heavy cash flow properties, you constrict yourself from a growth perspective and it's difficult to get equity and keep the property momentum rolling. So having a fine balance between the two was ideal for me to be able to grow income so I'm not reliant on the income solely from work. And then secondly was to be able to capture momentum with the um, rolling growth in the properties from compound growth as well as the type of assets that I was buying to come back to the bank and have more each time to lend uh, or have less debt leverage for the ones I'm not lending against through the growth. 
So that was, the, I guess, the nuts and bolts of that particular strategy, just finding that balance between the two. He continues that while at first growth or cash flow wasn't in mind, he quickly figured out how to choose between investing in one or the other. My first um, property being the one in Sydney, you know, I wasn't aware of investing at that time. I wasn't thinking of investing at that time. I was, although quite fortunate to have some growth happen from it, um, considering the Sydney growth that happened during during that period. But when it came to my first formal investment purchase, um, I was quite reserved. I was quite conservative, and and I bought a very um, cheap property. I think it was purchased for about one hundred and eighty thousand. It was a two bedroom townhouse in in Brisbane, and that was providing me some some good income. And that was another moment in the journey that said, "Hold on a minute. I've I've gone down this cash flow avenue first to start off with, and I've just literally signed two papers: one the banks, second the contract, and I've created myself. I think it was a, a two and a half k pay rise." And that was again coming back to that light bulb moment, and and then started me, you know, thinking about cash flow versus growth. How many of the cash flow do I need? How many of the growth? And as you said, when I had moments that I found myself having to wait a significant amount of time for the deposit through, you know, tax returns, uh, bonuses, um, regular savings, I found myself at that point to go, okay, I think this next one needs to be a growth purchase. So that's when I realized that if my momentum was slowing in a certain direction. I changed it up in the other direction. So if I found cash flow wasn't growing quickly enough, but I was building a deposit, then I used to target cash flow. If I found that, okay, my deposit's taking quite a long time and I'm not able to achieve next, another property for some, for, some, for some time due to the deposit, then I would look at the growth options as the next property so I don't have that problem again. So those were my thinking going into it. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into how Paliwell finds a balance between the residential and commercial property investing. So I feel like it's, you know, balance your own personal situation. How is your growth and momentum going with, you know, your growth in deposit or growth in cash flow? His personal habits. And I found that when I started to take control of health and, and prioritize that of recent, that's, that's been a big part. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investor. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, a different kind of bank built and supported by industry super funds. You could be getting a better deal on your home loan by getting in touch with MeBank. They offer competitive rates and two loan types, one with a range of features including the ability to fix your rate and have multiple offset accounts and another that's nice and simple with no ongoing fees. Both loans provide the flexibility of interest only or principal and interest. So whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a home loan that's right for you. Stop wondering and start saving by giving MeBank a call on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the show. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Unsure of where and what to buy? Many investors in the community have raised these questions frequently. That's why I've created a property sourcing service to help investors like yourself find investment opportunities at wholesale prices to add to your new or existing portfolio. I'm currently accepting expressions of interest. To apply, visit propertyinveststory.com.au. Now back to the show.
Palo Alto further explains that finding a balance between the two is the most important strategy to keep in mind when deciding what to invest in. I think it's difficult to define whether you should say two properties should be that and one cash flow, two cash flows and one growth, because then you limit yourself to only look at those opportunities and you don't open yourself up to opportunities, you know, Australia wide. So I feel like it's you know, balance your own personal situation. How is your growth and momentum going with, you know, your growth in deposit or growth in cash flow? And if it's not where you need to be in a certain direction, that's when you need to switch ends and start to target differently. I don't think it's a, a factual strategy that you need to go two of this and one of that or one of this and two of that. While working at the Commonwealth Bank of Australia also gave Palawan insight into the financial side of investing, it was his interaction with customers that helped him on his journey. It definitely gave me a huge perspective on the finance end, and I think um, it came from two, two, two avenues. One is working then simply you know, processing it and, and leading team members to process it, but the other one was seeing so many situations go right and wrong. So people coming in with goals of X, and perhaps it doesn't turn out to be that on the paper when, when we do the um, servicing calculations and give them the result, and then other people having things go really well for them and continue their momentum. So when you see the goods, the bads, the highs, the lows, and of course, the ongoing processing of it, that helped me a lot with the finance part of it. But I think um, the biggest learning were actually coming from the customers. There were so many customers that have had success in property that instead of just doing the job that you need to for them, why not take a moment to actually understand how they got there? And that was really, I guess, eye-opening for me and helped me out in my journey too. I think it's important for people to not get so engulfed in their job and just process things for a customer. You know, at the end of the day, this customer in front of you, um, whether they're having significant success or just starting the journey, there's something that you can learn from them. So I always, you know, challenge whether it was my team members or, or my staff members I was managing to not just do the job in front of you, but ask that person in front of you about their journey because it can be so helpful when you get to hear about it. An accident-led outcome rather than a strategy in the beginning, Palo Alto talks about how the diversification of his portfolio in terms of buying out-of-state came about. I think diversity sort of happened by accident. And um, why I say that is because I had no limitations on where I wanted to purchase, um, I was completely open to the idea of, is that property going to deliver what I need for my portfolio at this time? And if you have that thinking where you're not blocking yourself off um, from certain areas just because of what someone said in a barbecue or, or what, what a family member said or a friend said, um, or maybe what someone living there is saying based on what they feel, then you can really open yourself up to some more opportunities. I had a unit block in Tasmania, so a block of four units in Tasmania, got the commercial property in Melbourne. Um, I've got three places in Queensland and one in Sydney. So that speaks for itself in terms of diversification, but it, I can honestly say I didn't plan for it to happen. It happened accidentally if you're just following the right research, the right opportunities, and what's best for your portfolio without any blockages of, I don't want to invest in here. Um, that will sort of help you know, diversify on its own as, as, as sort of time goes on. But how did he gain the confidence and make the decision to begin purchasing interstate? It came to two parts. Um, again, one, one seeing someone else do it, and uh, in particular, a couple buyers agents, and 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 that was quite helpful to see them do it um, as a not only personally but as a profession. So I did engage the services of a buyers agent very early in my portfolio for my first, I think, um, two or three investments. 
but then after I got the hang of it and after I got, you know, I guess the idea of, okay, it's okay to purchase outside your own, you know, backyard and, and it's not as risky as people see it out to be. It's just about coming back to taking out of that, taking the emotion out of the, the purchasing and looking at its numbers. There are professionals all around Australia, I guess, to support investors and um, people purchasing a home to live in with the due diligence, whether it's pest and building, property management, uh, conveyancing. And I think if you just engage the right professionals and trust them to do their job as well as do your due diligence where you need to, need to happen, you can actually purchase into state without all those stresses and fears that come with it. Lastly, he further explains that it was by utilizing the help of professionals that he was able to rid himself of any fears and gain the confidence to make his own purchases in the future. So my first few, I guess, when I when I started off saying I was quite conservative at the at the beginning, um, a buyer's agent can do just that for you. Okay, I think they can remove that layer of fear from you to show that if you leave it to the professionals, they can really help you sort of do it. Um, with that professional support, it removed my, I guess, sense of fear and uh, instilled the confidence or brought out the confidence that I had and uh, I started to you know, do it on my own and go from there. Looking 10 years back to the past, Palawal delves into what advice he would give his 16-year-old former self. If I think 10, year, 10 years back, I would say something non-property related, more so probably health related, I'd say lay off the Kit Kats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I developed a huge sweet tooth very early in life and, um, you know, sometimes, uh, obviously I've taken priority with health now and, and fitness and trying to get back into shape, but during the years of, you know, even whether it be at work or building your portfolio or just being social with friends, the added weight or the added, um, uh, I guess, the health concerns just make you feel, I guess, lazy in certain times. It makes you feel that, um, hey, maybe I can skip this or skip that. And I found that when I started to take control of health and, and prioritize that of recent, that's, that's been a big part. And I developed that sweet tooth. I, I can recall it, actually, 10, 10 or 11 years ago, I really started developing that sweet tooth. And I felt, if I'd say anything to myself, then lay off the Kit Kats and um, uh, you know, have a clear journey, hopefully, of, um, of health. Palawa also explains how his property journey has allowed him time to focus on himself and what exactly pushed him to prioritise his health. The triggering moment came from two things for myself personally. One was just seeing your clothes sizes change. I guess, you know, when you go out, buy a whole bunch of good clothes and then three months later it doesn't fit you and then six months later you need to buy a whole bunch of new clothes again. And that was a sort of a mental change for me to go, look, something needs to be done. But I guess another part for me was... Um, I'd done it before. I'd gone through, between the last 10 years, I'd had an extremely unhealthy period, then an extremely healthy, um, the fittest I've ever been, and then going back to that again. So of recent, when I thought of, okay, I've got this time back in my hands, there's no excuse, I've left work, I have all the time in the world to you know, devote to myself and devote to, my, my, I guess, my future plans, that was a sort of big light bulb moment to go, now's the time to you know, stop this up and down rebound and just get it consistent and make it a lifestyle rather than a, a diet or, a, or one particular moment. With that in mind, he discusses more about his exciting future plans five years down the track. The excitement, I guess, just got started in commercial space as I was sort of, you know, purchasing my most recent one and leaving work. Um, but with, with, with the next five years, I'd really like to expand again on my commercial portfolio but even look at um, 
more, I guess, complex residential portfolios too. So whether it be, you know, development or, or multi, you know, multi-tenanted type uh, properties, just opening the avenues to more diversity, less reliance on one type of income, uh, more diversity across states, just continuing that trend. I see over the next five years would be um, my journey ahead, but also not limiting just to myself from a state level or even a country level looking overseas. So I was exploring opportunities in, in US. I've been exploring opportunities um, in, in parts of Asia as well. So I find what's been helpful for me is as soon as I got beyond the, my backyard to a state and then now from one state to multiple states and then the country, I think you know property exists all around the world. People have to live or people choose to live in certain parts of the world and I think there are opportunities for investment all around the world too. And provide some insight into investing over in the US and the rest of the world. Some significant yields over there, so they've been um, just your regular investment would probably get you eight to twelve percent yields in some parts of US and even beyond that, right? So um, that's just one country. We're also just in one country, uh, you know, New Zealand as well. Whilst it's difficult for entry point in terms of investors um, due to high deposits and limitations on lending, there are some significant high, you know, cash flow opportunities there as well. So as well as parts of Asia I've actually looked into as well. Uh, so it's just opportunities are endless. I think I think it's just a matter of how wide is your scope, how wide is your, you know, risk um, risk strategies and, and so forth. Having had so much success on his own and a prosperous future ahead, Palawal discusses his exciting business plans and how exactly his startup may be able to help you on your own property journey. Over the next two two to three months, I'm hoping I can had the business launched. It's been very, very exciting working on it on the last few months, actually. The business is in the space of uh, property and finance. So I'm looking to open um, a a one-stop shop almost for people where they're looking to get support to either buy their own home to live in um, or are buying investment properties as as a buyer's advocate but then also provide them those financial services when it comes to, you know, getting someone who understands property or getting multiple people who understand property rather than just processing your loan. So that's that's one part of the business where, you know, I'll be looking into provide buyers advocacy services, show people what I've sort of done through investing in property as well as the the financial end, Um, but also opening up somewhere, a new part to this business where in the education, education space. I totally understand that, property has worked out for me, but in all honesty, it's not the only way where you can gain wealth. It's not the only way that you can get financial freedom. There's been so many people who are successful in their own fields and rights, and I'm looking to create an education platform where I can get people um, who are successful across different areas and, and start you know, teaching courses and, and, and whatnot, digi- digitally delivering them for people to grow their own wealth and, and be financially free. Thank you to Arjun Palawal, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Arjun Palawal and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening. 
If you love the show and you're ready to get serious about saving on your home loan, give MeBank a call. MeBank is the bank built by industry super funds, famous for their competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find the loan that's right for you. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply.